the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Let's turn to Romans chapter 8, where Paul talks about life through the Spirit. We'll read the first 17 verses. Romans 8. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so He condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because of those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Have you ever had a recurring dream? Some people have a dream that repeats itself over and over again over the years. Some people have a dream that they're falling. And then they wake up with a start just before they hit the bottom of whatever they're falling into. Or some people have a recurring dream that they're being chased by someone, something. And they wake up just before the monster gets them or whatever it is. I had a recurring dream for 20 years or so after college. It was that I failed to graduate Kelvin because of a single German class. It was always a German class that was the problem. I have no idea why. But for years I had that dream. I'm missing that class. I didn't really graduate. I must be a fraud. Or something like that. I'm not sure what that says about my insecurities, but that was my 
recurring dream for many years. These kinds of dreams can be stressful for people. Some might even describe them as a nightmare. And I want to use that word nightmare tonight to talk about our basic belief in the Holy Spirit. Because as I think about this, it occurred to me we often don't fully appreciate the person and work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We know a lot about God the Father. We're very familiar with Jesus, of course, a person just like us, God the Son. But God the Holy Spirit, it's just a little bit fuzzy for us, I suspect. And yet, if the Holy Spirit were taken away from us, we would be left in a spiritual nightmare. It's far more important than we realize. So without the Holy Spirit in our lives, for example, we would be mired in sin and misery. Years ago, I was on a mission trip to Nicaragua in Central America. And as part of that mission trip, we visited some of the people who lived and worked in the dump just outside Managua. If you think a first world dump is not a place you'd want to spend a, time, a lot of time, just imagine a third world country dump. What people in third world countries dump is about as low as it gets. It was a filthy place filled with sewage, garbage, carcasses of dead animals, and people were burning stuff trying to separate metal that they could maybe recycle or salvage. So burning things like car batteries. Imagine the healthy effects of the smoke from that. And so when we visited, it was just after a heavy rain and the road going into that dump was super muddy and our van nearly got stuck, which caused all of us to panic a little and ponder the fact that that is not the place we wanted to be stuck anywhere on the face of the planet, that would not be the place you'd want to be stuck. In a spiritual sense, that is what our lives would be like if the Holy Spirit were withdrawn from us. We would be stuck in a spiritual dump. All these ministries of the Holy Spirit are so significant. The first one we're going to talk about is how the Spirit convicts us of sin. And maybe we don't think of that as a pleasant thing, but that is an amazing gift. Jesus says in John 16, And then when He, the Holy Spirit, comes, He will convict the world of its sin. That is so important because we all have a sinful nature. We all have a bent toward doing the wrong thing. We all are bent towards not doing what God wants us to do, but doing what we want to do. And so if the Holy Spirit were removed from us and we had the choice between God and sin, we would always choose sin every time. And sin has consequences. Sin always leads to misery, to use a good catechism word. Sin leads to misery of various kinds. Sin distances us from God. It damages relationships with others. It creates disharmony and tension and strife in our lives. It makes us miserable on the inside. And it always puts us on a road towards destruction and ultimately death. 
That's what sin is and does for us. And so Paul talks about this in our text. Let's read it together from Romans 8. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. When we put our faith in Jesus and He becomes our Lord and Savior, He comes to live in our hearts. That's how Jesus fulfills the promise, I will always be with you. He's not with us physically in person. He's with us through the Spirit because He lives in us. The Spirit of Jesus Christ lives in our hearts. And the Holy Spirit is a gentleman, they say. He never forces us against our will. He's a powerful presence, but He allows us to make our own choices. And sometimes we choose wrongly. Outright words or acts of rebellion. We choose to sin. Sins of commission, we call it, because we choose to do the wrong thing. Or sins of omission. All those things we should be doing, but we don't do. Like we said this morning, being thankful, saying thank you to God is often a sin of omission because we're supposed to be doing way more of that than what we do. Either way, sin is our tendency to ignore God and do what we want. But when we as Christians do that, when we sin, the Holy Spirit doesn't let us get away with it. He makes us feel guilty about it. He points it out to us, keeps bringing it up to us until we ask forgiveness, until we confess and come clean with God. It's not because He enjoys making us feel miserable. It's because He wants us to have a life of joy and peace with God. And the only way is if we can get sin out of the way. Living in sin makes us miserable, Living a righteous life and walking in God's ways is a life of joy and peace, the Scripture says. So not only does the Holy Spirit convict us of sin after the fact, the Holy Spirit also restrains us from sin before the fact. He keeps us from lusting. And if we lust, He keeps us from engaging in any further activities like adultery. He keeps us from losing our temper and tries to get us to be more gracious and patient. And when that fails, He works to restrain us from further sins like assaulting someone or murder. He works to keep us from growing distant and complacent in our relationship with God. Without His help, spiritual distance and complacency would be exactly where we would be which ends up in apostasy and eventually rejecting God altogether. So imagine, friends, living in a world without the Holy Spirit restraining anybody from sin or convicting anyone of sin afterwards. What would that world be like? Our sinful impulses would be completely out of control. All of our darkest thoughts and desires, we would act on with abandon. 
And this would happen not just in our lives, it would happen worldwide in every community around the world. It would make the atrocities that Hamas committed in Israel look like child's play. That kind of activity and far worse would happen in Hudsonville, in Zealand, in Jenison, all around the world. It would be a hellhole to live in. Because that's what would happen without God restraining the sinful human heart and redirecting us back into God's ways. What an amazing gift God the Holy Spirit is for us. Without Him, it would be an absolute nightmare. It would be like living in a spiritual dump. Secondly, without the Holy Spirit in our lives, we not only would be mired in sin, misery, and death, we would be ignorant of God and His ways. I'm told that in the olden days, when there were single-room schoolhouses and that sort of thing, if someone didn't do their homework, if someone wasn't doing what they were supposed to be doing, they would get to wear a dunce cap. Sort of like that kid. What does it say behind him? I will be good. Evidently, he wasn't good. Now, I'm glad teachers don't try to use public humiliation like that to get students to do what they're supposed to do. That probably wasn't a real great tactic. And yet, if we didn't have the Holy Spirit, we would all be spiritual dunces. We wouldn't get it. And we wouldn't care to get it. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. The Holy Spirit leads and guides us into truth. Helps us to know God. Helps us to know about Jesus and walk in His ways. Teaches us salvation. Helps us to understand the world we live in. So let's read together what Jesus said in John 14. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in My name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And then two chapters later, let's read what Jesus said in John 16. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. So the Holy Spirit teaches us and the Holy Spirit guides us into what is true. Without that we would be lost in lies and deceit because those are Satan's specialties. He's the father of lies. And many people living under his influence, we begin to think lies. Like, people are really no different than animals. We're just evolved from animals. And you forget completely that we have been made in the image of God unlike any of the animals and we have eternal souls that live forever. We were made to be like God. That is way different than any animal. But you wouldn't know that if the Holy Spirit didn't teach you. Or you would think religion is for weak people. So in pride and arrogance, we would live without knowing or caring about God. Or we would think reading the Bible is boring and unnecessary. Or we would think everybody essentially goes to heaven so you don't have to do anything. We all go there. We all end up in the same place. Or 
other sorts of lies and things that's just so common, friends. Lies and deceit is what the devil is doing all around us and in our own hearts and minds. There's no end to what he can get us to believe, which is why we need the Holy Spirit to teach us what's right and to lead us into what is true. It's by God's Word and by His Spirit that He leads and guides us. Maybe that's why the devil works so hard to keep us from Scripture. Don't read the Bible. We're too busy to read the Bible. Because if we start reading the Scripture, God's Spirit begins to work and He begins to lead and guide us way more effectively than if we're just on our own. So I wonder, have you believed any of the lies of the evil one? Are you currently believing or acting on any lies of the evil one? We need to invite the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us, to convict us of sin, and to show us what is right. Thirdly, without the Holy Spirit, we would be spiritually stagnant. Like a pool of water that has no water flowing into it and no water flowing out of it. It's just a mud puddle or a pond. And the longer it sits and bakes in the sun, what happens? It just gets filled with nastiness. It's a cesspool, we call it. it algae starts to grow. Deadly bacteria grow. It's just gross. It's stagnant. It's stinky. It's smelly. Mosquitoes lay their eggs in it. It's just awful. That's what happens to us in a spiritual sense when the Holy Spirit isn't breathing new life into us. The Bible says the Spirit is like a fresh, life-giving wind. Or another image the Bible uses is the Holy Spirit is like a fresh stream flowing into the wilderness and life springs up everywhere it goes. Without the Holy Spirit, you've got nothing but death. Without the life that the Spirit brings into our lives, we would quickly become stagnant. We'd never go to church. Why would you want to? You wouldn't read the Bible, you wouldn't pray, you wouldn't desire to walk in God's ways, you'd do whatever you felt like doing. We'd never seek to be kinder, more patient, more loving. That wouldn't be interesting to us at all. We wouldn't want to share our faith, we wouldn't want anybody to be interested in following Jesus with us because there's nothing there to find. Without the Holy Spirit, we'd be doing our own thing with no consideration for anyone else. We'd be this stagnant cesspool with no life, no joy, no peace. But when the Holy Spirit is active in our lives, the opposite happens. He gives us life. He brings us joy. He blesses us with peace. That's His work. That's what our text says, Romans 8, verse 14, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And then in verse chapter 15, let's read this one together. To be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles with the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God. 
so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit makes us want to follow Him, which is a wonderful thing. When we are reading God's truth, when we're listening to the Holy Spirit and following His nudges in our lives, we're in our sweet spot. Apart from Him, we're just living life on our own. We do our own thing. We lose our connection to God and soon enough we're, we find ourselves walking outside His will. So the Holy Spirit works in our hearts and lives to continue to make us better people. Makes us into lifelong disciples of Jesus. More loving, more patient, more Christ-like, more wise. He fills us with joy and peace so that sharing Jesus isn't a chore or duty, but something we truly want people to discover because it's only through Christ they will experience joy and peace. There's no chance at it without Jesus. So D. Martin Lloyd-Jones writes this, Are we attractive Christians? Do we give people the impression that the most marvelous thing in the world is to be a Christian and have the Spirit of God within us? This is the thing to which we are called, and the way to do that is to walk in Him, to dwell in Him as He dwells in us, and to be led by Him in all things. So without God the Holy Spirit in our lives, we would be mired in a life of sin and misery. We would be ignorant of God and His ways. We would be spiritually stagnant and dead. Fourthly, without the Holy Spirit, we would be spiritually dead. It's exactly where we would be. Because the Holy Spirit breathes life. He breathes life into Adam and Eve. We are alive today physically because God the Holy Spirit continues to breathe the life of God into us. And when the breath of God is removed, all we have left is a dead body. God the Holy Spirit breathes life into us spiritually. He convicts us of sin. He gives us the ability to believe in Jesus, have faith in Christ. He unites us with Jesus. So our sin dies with Jesus on the cross. We are raised to new life with Christ in His resurrection. We are born again. Verse 11 of our text. Let's read it together. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. And then verse 16, For His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And then one more, John 6, The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. The simple truth, friends, is there is no life apart from God, the Holy Spirit. So without the Holy Spirit, we would be physically dead. Without the Holy Spirit, we would be spiritually dead, which is far worse. That's how important the work of the Holy Spirit is. He gives us life. 
He convicts us of sin. Such an important thing. He teaches us. He leads and guides us. He sanctifies us. Without Him, our lives and our world would be stuck in a spiritual nightmare. And it wouldn't be a dream that we'd just wake up from. It would be reality and it would last forever. How thankful we can be that God the Holy Spirit does what He does every single day in our hearts and lives. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank You. We don't focus on You, Holy Spirit, very often, but You're here with us tonight. You're speaking through Your Word. You're teaching us. You're leading us. You're convicting us. You're guiding us. You're giving us life. You're, you're helping us to walk in step with the God who loves us. Thank You for Your constant, tireless work in our lives. Lord, without You, we would be so lost. We would be so lost in sin. We would be so far from God. We would contribute to a terrible world rather than contributing to a better one. And so, Holy Spirit, we invite You to do Your important work. If there's any sin in us that You haven't convicted us of successfully, Lord, may You do that tonight. If there's any blind spot we have that we're just not seeing it, we're deceived in some way, Holy Spirit, show us what is true and what is right. And give us the will to want to walk in Your ways. Woo us as You do that we love Jesus more, that we want to live in Him and follow Him more, and that we want to be His disciples. And we want that not just for us, but for our neighbors, our friends, our co-workers, and for our world. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen.